The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Kate Ebner. Today we're going to explore the question, can people really change? You know, we've had over 100 guests on this show, and they come from a wide variety of life and career experiences in all sorts of sectors. But one thing that many people have in common on our show is that at some point, something happened to them or something happened within them, a change that profoundly affected the course of the rest of their lives. Today, we're going to dig deeper into the nature of transformational personal change by asking questions of ourselves, uh, like, what is transformational change? How does it happen? And much more. Here with me for this conversation is Chris Wall. Chris, thank you so much for speaking with me, and welcome back to the show. Thanks, Kate. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm glad you are. When I when I entertain the question, can people really change, Chris? You're the person I want to talk about it with, so I'm glad that you're here today. Um, For those of you listening, you probably know that Chris is a veteran of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. She's appeared with me as my guest and also has guest hosted in numerous past episodes discussing retreats, team coaching, gutsy transitions, and other great topics. She's also a master certified coach. She's the owner and, and president of the Miro Group. She's the creator of the uh, world-known Georgetown University Coach Leadership Coach Certification Program. This was the first university-based coach training program of its kind. I've worked with Chris on many engagements in the past and present and no the depth at which she thinks and works. Um, part of being a coach is helping people to make the kind of deep transformational change that we're talking about on the show today. So Chris, let's start out by asking a basic question, and I'm just going to throw you the big question. In your opinion, can people really change? So the short answer is yes. Good. I think <laughs> they can. <laughs> big question, short answer. And all kinds of permutations, right? So, um, a lot, we've heard, I heard this all my life, you know, a tiger doesn't change his stripes, a leopard doesn't change her spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think a lot of times in our culture we grow up thinking that, you know, people don't really change, and we actually sometimes don't even allow them to change when they try. Uh, but I do think that people have tremendous capacity to change, and it takes, uh, it takes a lot of uh, work on their part, but it can happen. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that, and I I agree with you. Having uh, probably having changed myself, but also having worked with many people who want very much to make uh, an important change in their lives, and having been part of um, that process, um, you mentioned a minute ago um, 
that people can change and that sometimes um, sometimes we sometimes the world around them doesn't support that change. Could you just say a little bit more about um, what, what you meant by that? Yeah, so um, I think part of what we need in order to change is some sort of support system to be able to make it happen. And I think we can we can even believe we've changed. You know, so many of us, you know, when we were in our 20s, needed to go out and make our mark and make our mark uh, different from the from what we learned at home. We wanted to be different from our our families, different from our parents, and. I think in many ways, we, you know, many of us, me included, we succeed. Yet sometimes when we go back to that place of origin, um, all those changes kind of fall by the wayside because the, that system is not that anxious to welcome you as your changed self. They want to think of you as the self that you were when you left. And so that's just an example of how a system sometimes just doesn't let us change. I've certainly worked with clients who, um, as leaders, really needed to do some things to change their leadership style. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes their direct reports, when I interview their direct reports, their direct reports do a lot to help this leader stay exactly as she is or as he is. Uh, because there's some sort of um, crazy fun in being able to talk about how bad this leader was, on, you know, in that meeting or in that particular uh, conversation. You know, she just doesn't get it. So all those stories serve to to help someone stay in that place of not changing unless they have a really great support system. I just think systems conspire against us um, unless we pick the system that's going to really help us. You know, it's a a really excellent point. You know, and it reminds me actually of... um of times when, as a coach, I've gone to work with someone and and the organization has wanted them to have a coach and, and they've described the situation. And, uh, you know, one thing that I know, I know all coaches do is check to make sure that there's actually conditions within the institution that would support that change within that leader. Mm-hmm. And usually, mm-hmm. of course, people say there, there is, <laughs> whether there course, is or they not. Always say, they always say there is. Yeah. <laughs> But well, it's not. There, there are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so you said that there's many kinds of changes that we can make. You know, um, I know that there are distinctions that we can introduce today about what it means to change and and mm-hmm. the kinds of change that can happen. Um, can you give us any any distinctions about change? Sure. Sure. So I think about change as. Um, a lot of times it's about an event that happens in our life, right? So a lot of times change happens, and in organizations when they're undergoing great big change, you know, they really feel like change is happening to them. And uh, there are times that um, that's true, you know, where you really do need to change. You know, you don't have as much budget to work with, or you don't have as much headcount to work with, and you really need to figure out how to get things done in different ways. That's a change. And that's externally imposed. Uh, there are other external changes, like uh, you might get a promotion, um, or you might decide to get married, or you might decide to move. And those all constitute changes. They are externally bent. And you know from other conversations we've had that change is not the same as transition. So, but, but when change is brought upon us for some, for some 
reason, some event in our life, I think that we do need to change in order to meet the demands of whatever this event is. So that, I think, is one kind of change. I think a second kind of change is one where we kind of look around and go, you know, I'm really tired of this. I don't want this anymore. So it's more of an internally driven change. So that can be something like I want a new job. I want to go live in a new house. It can be like that. But it can also be something like, you know, I think I've outgrown this way of thinking. I think I would like to be a more generous person or I'd like to be more spacious, or I'd like to be more skilled at something. And so we, as human beings, have this wonderful ability to choose and say, I like like that over there, and I'd really like to try and help myself be more like that. And I would say that's an internally driven change. So sometimes change happens to us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we choose change, and sometimes... The change we choose um, is, is externally focused. Sometimes it's about really doing some deep work in, inside yourself in order to yeah. become who you want to be. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really, um, really helpful to have those distinctions for our conversation. In your opinion, what do you think tra- uh, distinguishes a transformational change, which, you know, these days we've been using that word transformation a lot, but what makes a transformational change different from maybe a more incremental kind of change? What, how, would, what, how would you characterize a transformational change? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, and it's a hard one to answer. It's hard for people to understand, um, I think, this whole idea of transformation. That word is used so often for, mm-hmm. oh, i got a new idea and I'm going to go after it, you know. Mm-hmm. Ergo, I'm in transformational change. And that's not how I think about it. I think about it as um, really inviting a whole new set of perspectives and ways of thinking about a situation, about yourself, about your life. So um, if I look at it through a developmental lens, you know, the developmental theorists say that transformational change is really when we let go of old ways of thinking. We let go of ways that no longer serve us. And we actually adopt new ways of being um, that are pretty different. And that's where the whole business about do the stripes change or not, I think our core self stays the same. I think, our, I think we always have access to a really beautiful, core, pure innocent self. This is how we were born. And we put so many layers on ourselves in our culture that it's sometimes hard to sort of dig in and find that purest part of us, which is joyful and open and playful and observant, you know, all those things that we like to be. So I don't want to kind of get lost in this um, conversation, but to me, transformation is about um, not necessarily changing that core piece but about saying, you know, for me to expand and be the human being that I aspire to be, I really need to let go of all of these behaviors and these ways of thinking, and I need to adopt some new ones. And when we've adopted them, it's almost like um, you can't go back. It's harder to go back to live and think the way you had been living before the transformation. Does that make sense, Kate? 
Oh, it makes great sense, Chris. It's very well expressed. And I, and I think the point you made at the end about change from which you can't go back, mm-hmm. that's a great um, marker for transformation, I think, because um, sometimes we change for a little while and then we sort of slip back into our old way. But a transformational change is one that, as you said, really accesses um, deep changes to thinking and behavior and f- out, of, out of which you're, you're different. You are a new way. Um, and right. so I like, I like to, I hope to think uh, often that, that sometimes the transformation is really about connecting with that core, beautiful self you were describing and sort of creating more access to that so that the world actually sees more of who you really are and what you're transforming is all the armor and garbage maybe that you other behaviors yeah. that you've added over the years does that make sense yeah I, I think so and I think this idea of not going back I mean I am not a person who um, loves snakes right so but snakes are the sign in nature of transformation and the reason is I think one of the reasons is is that they shed their skin and once that skin is off there's no going back into it right they're in mm. new skin and that is I think another way it's a metaphoric way to think about you know, what is the new skin that we're living in? Mm. And it's only, it's only then that I would start to think about, yeah, it's been a transformational change. Boy, you know, and that's that snake skin reminds me of a dream I once had where I dreamed that I was driving in a car and passed on the side of the road a version of me that was very small and flat. So I turned uh-huh. around to go back and get it. And when I picked it up, it was a old skin. <laughs> <laughs> it was an old self, <laughs> and I, it was nothing of me in it, so I drove on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's another perfect metaphor for what it I'm is. talking about. <laughs> I know, it was a disturbing dream, but well, uh, I think we're <laughs> due for a break, actually, coming right okay. up here. So we'll, we'll take our first break right now, and we'll be right back after that break for uh, more of this conversation with Chris Wall about the nature of change and the, and the answer or an answer to the question, can people really change? We'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support 
surprise you. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate Ebner, and I'm delighted to have my fellow coach and friend Chris Wall on the show today. Chris is such a talented coach and someone who has deep experience with working with change. I'm just very happy to be discussing the nature of personal change with her. Um, Chris, before the break, we were really exploring this idea of transformational change. And I was telling you about my my dream, my slightly disturbing but kind of liberating dream. And I want to go back to this sort of question, you know, can people really change and ask you, you know, we have good intentions, but sometimes we we have difficulty getting there. You know, we, we sort mm-hmm. of, you know, I think about New Year's resolutions or the intention to make a change and then, you know, that problem of not actually transforming or not actually getting deep enough or far enough into it. And so my, my question for us to, to explore right now is um, what stops us from making the changes we really want and what might mm. help? Mm. Well, I think it goes down to habits. And I think habits are really hard to break. So um, if you study anything about neuroscience, or anything about the way the brain works and, you know, the habitual patterns that we get into, um, you recognize that just having, you know, a will, I'm not even talking about willpower, I'm, I'm just talking about will, like, you know, willing yourself to be thinner or willing yourself to be, you know, to have more voice or uh, willing yourself to, you know, to be a, an empathic leader, it doesn't work because the first thing you have to do in order to change, I believe, is to be, first of all, aware of how this habit shows up. And not only how it shows up, but how it has served you, right? Every habit that we have, I think, has served us in some way. It got us to a certain place. And so they're hard to break because they're really wired into our brains. So I think that's one of the first pieces is that you have to become aware. And so... I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a client that I was working with who had a habit, and I would see this habit when I was working with him of talking and talking and talking and not being able to stop and check in with the listener, which in this case was me, uh, to see if he made sense, if you know I was tracking him. You know, he just it was almost like uh, there was no one there. He just knew he had somebody that was listening to him, and that was great for him. So I called it out to him, and I said, you know, one of the things that you're really wanting to work on is to get the people around you at work to listen to you. 
he was a big idea person, and he was constantly wanting to pitch ideas to um, to his leadership team. And people would check out, and he would never get what he wanted, but he couldn't see that. So I challenged him to really watch people the next time he tried to pitch an idea. And he told me, you know, that's crazy, you know, they just don't want to listen. I said, well, it's probably true they don't want to listen right now uh, because you need to check in with them, but just check it out and see. Can you become aware of the habit you have of talking and talking and not letting people in? And he said, I don't have that habit. I said, that's fine. Just check it out. Mm. Well, and he did check it out, and he came back and he said, oh, my gosh, exactly what we were talking about happened. So bingo, his awareness was up. Uh-huh. And so, so that is really a key piece, right? So that, that habit got in his way. And he had to learn how to investigate it and kind of see what was going on that he was wanting to talk constantly and not check in with people. And, it, it, you know, in the end, it came down to a fear that he was never going to be heard. And it's always paradoxical to me how clients create the very thing that they don't want to have in their life. And when they become aware of it, then they have at least a chance of changing that habit. Well, I think that's a, a great illustration of, of, you know, this idea of how a habit can really sabotage um, someone from having what they really want. And I'm glad, it's great to think about that as the paradox of that. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. Often people do the thing that really prevents them exactly from having the thing they want. So I... I think that's a really great point. Um, you know, you know, can people really change? Well, our habits pull us back. They keep us in place. They um, they make it uncomfortable to um, try new things. It feels risky. Um, right. Feels a little bit odd to do something right. else. And so you made the really good point that he's starting with self awareness. Really, that first noticing the habit begins the process of perhaps being liberated from it. Um, Is that right? Yes, and he knew he didn't feel good. He knew he didn't feel good in those conversations. So something was up. He was getting some signs. You know, this is why he called for a coach. So that's great. And then, so then the awareness has to happen. And then you have to sort of notice, when else does this happen? And then you have to kind of say, okay, what keeps this habit in place? In his case, it was that he really... Uh, felt insecure and wanted somehow to be noticed and seen. So he went in a direction that got him noticed and seen in totally a way he didn't want. And I think part of what's hard here is that um, in our culture, um, you know, we I think we like being perfect. You know, we like doing everything right. We don't like being, you know, found out. And I think one of the hardest things we have to do when we're in this process of trying to change a habit is to really accept what you're pointing to, Kate, that uneasiness, mm-hmm. uh, the dis-ease we have with that part of ourself that, that, you know, is a habit that we don't want anymore, and somehow learning what it's about and embracing it, and, and even thanking it for, um, for getting us as far as it got us, is part, I think, of the, of the process of establishing a new habit. Well, you know, in the Georgetown Leadership Coaching Program, which you created, um, you know, more than a decade ago, one of the things that I know is um, asked of students in the, in the program is that while they're in the program, they actually 
choose a new a new body practice or a new phys- yeah. you know a new activity and tell tell us the the, the theory behind that uh, well um, the theory behind that is that your body your body is also a walking bundle of habits just like your mind is you know a thinking bundle of habits and um, when when you when you allow your body to learn something new and to um, sort of hold it, you know, from anywhere from holding itself in a different way to trying to learn something that you always wanted to learn and couldn't uh, or had never tried. Like in my case, I, I tried to learn how to play soccer. Hmm. Um, you know, all I knew is that I could run, but I had no idea of the strategy of the game or, you know, what it, what it felt like to actually play the game of soccer. I didn't understand the rules. So, so all of that newness, I couldn't bring an old habit into it, right? The only habit I had was run. <laughs> That's the only thing I knew how to do. And so when my body could learn something new, it actually can actually help shift my brain. Well, and that's I know a, that's, that's hard for people to understand, but it's true. You that's know, a great, if, great point. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And it also... Um, what that also did is it showed me my habit around entering a group. So I learned, you know, as a beginner in soccer where I was not competent, I didn't know anybody, I didn't know the rules, I made mistakes all the time, and, you know, there were, there were some really crusty women on the team who would let me know, <laughs> um, you know, I also learned about the discomfort of my own habits of entering into a group and expecting things to go well, right? This was such a wake-up call for me. And so I had it in my body, I had it in my heart, and I also was able to observe it and think about it. And that, that actually got me pretty in touch with that habit of mine, of, of imagining, you know, that um, I could somehow sail through and everything would be fine, and I would be accepted because that's not what happened. Eventually, I was, but the learning was incredible for for me as a in my interior about sort of the way I was seeing the world. Well, I think that's a, a great. Uh, thank you for sharing your your personal example. I think it's a great example, and it it um, seems like it could be kind of a key or a strategy for people to to try when they want to create a change is actually, regardless of what the change is, um, to choose a new body practice, to choose something new to do that would, that would get them out of their comfort zone and help them see themselves differently and learn from the experience of being new again. Yeah. Yeah. Being a beginner again. Being a beginner again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else that stops us from making making the changes what, what anything else that holds us back you know what comes to my mind is is um something you already touched on which is fear you know just uh, the devil we know the devil we don't know you yeah. know yeah fear is a fear is quite a quite a big thing for people because uh, people don't like feeling vulnerable and they like to you know they like to protect themselves they don't want to feel ashamed or embarrassed or like they don't know and I think the I think the piece that's important is to. And we talked about this when we talked about transitions. Is 
Yeah, I think people need to find ways to remember when they have been resilient and when they have moved through some fear, when they have found some courage, and when the vulnerability actually that they felt actually brought them to a new place and a new way of thinking. Part of what I think we have to do uh, with this habit-breaking is I think we have to accept our own uneasiness about it, especially mm-hmm. if we've been righteous about it, right? That's really hard to give up, you know, when we thought we've been so right about something. Then all of a sudden something happens and we go, oh, you know, I was really wrong, or there are many other ways to look at this. And so the pride gets in the way. So I think uh, the next thing we have to do uh, is to own it and really go, okay, that is a part of me. And it's a part of me that I really want to shift. I can't blame it on somebody else anymore. It's inside of me. I'm now aware of it. I've looked at it. I've seen it show up in a couple of times. I've tried to embrace it, and you know what? It really is mine, not anybody else's to, to mm. Mm-hmm. I see that kind of thing when I'm working with women and men, but especially women around the topic of work-life balance. And there's a point at which many women conclude that um, their employer actually isn't telling them they have to work till 7 o'clock at night. Right. But they they have a habit of staying that long, and for very good reasons, but it's a, it's a habit that is imposed upon them by themselves. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, a, it's an interesting thing to really own it and decide, actually, this is mine, like you said, and I would like to change this. I'd like to work on changing this. Um, yeah. Well, believe it or not, it's time for us to take another break. Um, we will be right back. This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking with Chris Wall today, and we'll be right back after this break. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. 
whether the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back once again. This is Kate Ebner. Chris Wall and I today are having a conversation about the essence of or really strategies for creating lasting change, transformational change in your life. And, you know, Chris has a background as a leadership coach and a person who is an expert in organizational change as well as individual change. And she's the perfect person for me to be talking with today to explore this question, can people really change? And Chris, before the break, we were talking about what holds us back. And I'd love to talk about, okay, you know, the Suppose you really want to make a change and you understand the change and it's maybe you even understand that it's going to require some reflection and some greater awareness and some habit breaking. Um, what are some ways that y- you work with people to really help them um, go from where they are to where they want to be and really land there? Oh, that's a good question. Um First of all, I think the person has to really want to make this change. They have to be fed up, like with work-life balance. You know, they have to want more time for themselves, or they have to want more time with their family, or they have to really, you know, get want to get on the scale and see see it go down instead of up. Um, so, I think once once they feel that desire and that motivation and they own it. They need to start to put some things in place that are going to help them. So in a work-life balance situation, you know, we always take a look at, you know, what what would be more ideal for you? How can you create that? What requests do you need to make? Uh, so that's one way. Another way would be to read stories about people who have made a similar kind of change and see what kind of techniques and thinking those people were successful with. Another is to, um, you know, put people around you, to declare it out loud and to put people around you who will really help you remember this is the change that you want to make. You know, in my case, when I was working a lot on weekends uh, and I declared that I didn't want to do that anymore, you know, I had three children and a husband who were there to remind me uh-uh, uh-uh, you know, you promised us that you weren't going to do that anymore. And so we need people like that in our lives. We, we It's really hard to do this alone. I think um, also, you know, I, I really love books, uh, stories. I love movies where people get inspired to do something different with their lives. So we look for things that will actually support the person's intention. I, I once had a client who I discovered probably he was very stressed out. And you know, Kate, I may have told you this story before, but he was real stressed and um, when I, it was very hard 
for him to know what he could do to relax. He tried meditation. He tried lots of different things. And so I asked him one day, what did you used to do? And he said, I love making music. And I said, well, tell me more about that. You know, long story short, he had six guitars. He had drums. He had a piano. He had a music studio in his home that he hadn't been in in three years. And so we actually used the music studio as a support for his desire to change his uh, stressful, his stressful way of moving through life. And it actually worked. So I think it's important to tap into sort of what's in someone's heart. Um, what is it that they know deep down really does soothe, nurture, support them? And really try to help them find ways to get more of that in their life. I mean, this is not rocket science. We know what we love and we know what we don't like. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And so also what you're saying is it doesn't have to be so painful, right? It doesn't have to be about giving up something of who you are. It really could be about choosing more of what really supports you and what what helps you feel good as you undergo a process of changing. Yes. And I think substituting things is a really good thing as well. I have a, I have a number of clients who, you know... Um, We'll, we'll work and work and work because they get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And then if you find out, well, what else do they love to do and what else brings satisfaction, and you substitute a little more of that, kind of the same thing we're just talking about. It's another way of thinking about it. Um, the more of that that they do, the more of that that they want. And so balance starts to happen. They start to make different choices. And you really need to be able to intend to make a different choice because you know what? When you're stressed out, when you're hungry, when you're tired, um, and this thing is sort of tempting you, whatever, you know, to slip slide back, it's really easy to slip slide back into the old way. I've heard so many things. It takes 21 days of intention, or it takes, you know, 44 days, or it takes, you know, uh, just staying six with months. it day after day, six months, you know. I think it depends on, on whatever it is. I read something um, recently uh, by Elizabeth Gilbert, some, something that she said about writing, you know, and it's really easy to get this, um, discouraged when things don't turn out the way you want or when you don't get, like, an immediate benefit from whatever this change is that you're trying to make. And she just said, you know, it's important for her to sit down and write every day, throw away what's not working and start again, throw away what's not working and start again. That takes a lot of intention, and it takes a lot of follow-through, and it takes action that is going to sort of get you closer to this place you want to be, because it's very easy to slip slide back. You know, let's talk about this place you want to be. You know, yeah. I, I think that part of what I'm hearing in the in the conversation that we're having is, is you're, as you're talking about this, is this word intention, you know, and, and intention to me is sort of a clue that there might be like a vision lurking around somewhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> an intention towards something, which is that destination or that, that future vision that you have for yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, do you use vision work in your coaching or do you help people see and describe that future that they really want? Yes. And, and that, um, that's an important thing for anyone to do, no matter what the change. It could be a small change that you're trying to engineer for yourself or something much bigger. Um, but having the vision of what this is going to be like. So what does your day look like? What does your week look like? What does it look like in your office? What does it look like in your home? 
Um, who are you talking with? What's making you smile? You know, all those kinds of things actually serve to inspire somebody to say, okay, I want that, and I'm going to go after that. And then I think um, the intention, and, and you and I can talk about this, you know, I think, in, I think it's sets of intentions that actually help us get to our vision. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could be wrong about that, but that's how it works for me. I'll set an intention, okay, this is the first thing I'm going to do, so I'll get that done. And then here's the next thing I'm going to do towards that vision. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be parallel things, but sometimes there's only so much you can do, you know, at this point in your life. And you do that, and then the next thing sort of shows up as, okay, this is the next thing I need to be intending to do. It's a great, it's a great linkage actually between intention and vision. And I often think that, you know, we can set an intention each day mm-hmm. to make choices that take us closer to that vision. And I think a day presents so many opportunities for us to make choices that either move us toward what we really want or keep us where we are or pull us back to yesterday. Um, and intention to me is a signal to yourself that I'm choosing forward. I'm choosing what yes. I want, you know, not just automatic yes. choosing. Yes. Like one of the questions I'll always ask leaders, you know, after they set a vision for, you know, what kind of leader they'd really like to be, how they want to improve themselves, you know, is to put the question in front of them. And again, it's not rocket science. Who is the leader I want to show up as today? And what are the, where, where, are, where are the opportunities for me to do that today? To your point. You know, every, every time we do something like that, we build. And the more that we build, I think, the easier it is to come back to it on the day where we are not, you know, creating such a great intention or living into it, I should say. Because as human beings, we are going to have days like that where it's like, ugh, I can't do that today. But if you start to build the bricks, you know, of the leader you want to be or the partner you want to be or the activist you want to be, whatever it is you're doing, um, it's easier, I think, to come back to it because you've built, you've built a good foundation. You know, I, I'm thinking of someone I'm working with who I think is just doing such a great job of being... Um, working on a change that he really wants to make. And the way he's doing it is through this combination of the things you're talking about, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, he's really doing it by first becoming aware of his own habitual responses and the things that kind of trigger him or get him going or work against him. And he's started out with noticing and and then uh, choosing you know, intentionally choosing a different behavior or a different response or actually no response as an alternative to his usual response. And mm-hmm. over time, as you said, you know, sort of like the um, the path starts to, to get laid and the, the bricks start to come into place. And I think what's starting to happen is people people are no longer expecting him to be the way he used to be. He actually mm-hmm. has um, some space to make the, the bigger changes that he's working on because he just interrupted his own habit using mm-hmm. a combination of awareness and intention and holding in his mind a bigger vision of how, how he wants to be as a leader and the kind of leader he wants to be. And so it's, these things kind of work together. Don't you think? They do. Mm-hmm. They do. And I think leaders have plenty of chances to test it and test it again. 
and I think there's plenty of um, stresses in the workplace um, to really help you remember, oh, gosh, you know, here I am again. I really want this. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's plenty of opportunity, and that's what's great. You know, we've got a great, we've got a great workshop here to work in if we sort of take our life as, as the workshop. That's right. Take it a little bit more lightly and, you know, be an observer of your own life. Well, we're going to take a break right now. Um, when we come back, Chris, I want to kind of re-engage this question. Can people really change and how is what we've been mm-hmm. talking about? So mm-hmm. look forward to that. We're going to take a break right now. This is Kate Ebner. I'm talking with Chris Wall on Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Thank you for being with us today. As Chris Wall and I are entertaining this question, can people really change and how can someone really change in a way that transforms their life? And we've been exploring sort of the change process and started out by talking about the fact that some changes are changes we choose. Some changes are things that happen to us and force us to be different and to be, to, to enter a process of change. Regardless, you know, we're both, I think, you know, optimistic and, and, 
know from experience that people can change. Um, they can be um, catalyzed into change or they can choose change. We've been focusing on choosing change. And I want to um, use our last segment, Chris, to um, to talk perhaps a bit about the, the, the part of change that, that can be really hard, sometimes because um, the change isn't a wanted change and sometimes mm-hmm. perhaps because it just feels... It feels difficult and, and bad to go through a process that uh, we don't know what's going to happen at the on the other side. And so, I wanted to just talk about you know with you, Chris, about the pain aspect of change. It's not all easy, and it's not all about intention and vision. And there we go, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's two aspects to it. I actually think that sometimes pain can drive us into change. Like we can have something happen to us that really is very painful. You know, I think about people who get divorced, and the pain of the divorce, I think people can, and I'm going to just really be, you know, stark about this, and there's probably a lot of gray area, but let's just say someone gets divorced, and it's so painful because they miss the person, they don't like being alone, um, that they jump right into something else and to ease the pain, right? And... And, in, in fact, in this next relationship, some of the same stuff starts to happen because they haven't done the work of figuring out what the pain is trying to tell them. So that, I think, is one thing. I think pain can actually drive us to change because when we can recognize it and be aware of it and um, be aware of who we are in it, we actually can choose to be a different person because we're in, in, in enough pain to want to change. I hope that was clear. <laughs> and then yes. I think there's then I think there's the pain of change, right? So there are times it can be very painful to to get news of you know your job is going away, um, or your child is really sick, or you know um, you've you've just lost something. Or you're, you don't feel well. Your own body is, is not supporting you the way it used to. And you're in pain. There's physical pain. There's psychic pain. Emotional pain. And uh, I think our relationship with pain is really can help us or hold us back from actually changing. I think there are a lot of people out there who think that you only change if you have pain. And I don't particularly agree with that. Because I've seen enough people who are developmentally oriented to say, I want, I want to be different. And they're not necessarily in pain. They just want something different. Um, but I do think pain can be a motivator for people to change. Again, you know, that, that self-awareness comes to my mind. You know, the, the being in pain, and I think we I should clarify, we mean emotional pain. Um, although probably physical pain is part of this as well at times, but but that emotional pain is something that you have to let yourself feel. You mm-hmm. know that otherwise, you know the tendency we sometimes have is to push it away or sort of mm-hmm. pay, pave over it and keep going. But actually accessing that feeling and letting ourselves feel it and have the courage to to actually feel that you know discomfort and and pain and hardship you know that even that suffering or whatever whatever's causing it to feel it is a way is is the beginning of an opening it is it is the beginning of an opening and the opposite of it is that it's the it's also the um beginning or the furthering of you getting smaller right 
And so, and that's never a good place for people when we constrict and start to feel smaller. So, pain, as hard as it is, um, all the wisdom literature um, really points to this idea of becoming aware, recognizing it, owning it, same things we've been talking about, and then making a choice about what you'd like to do about it. And finding supports to make sure that you can do something to bring yourself back to a state of well-being and back to us, um, you know, to touching uh, what matters to you in your heart in a healthy way. You know, we just have a couple of minutes left before mm-hmm. we conclude. And there's two ideas I wanted to go to somehow quickly. One is just to reemphasize the point you just said about putting the support in place to give yourself what you need so that you can come back to uh, to a, a happier, um, more more um, you know, less suffering way of being, and that that point about putting the support in place, whether it's in the form of a, a counselor, a therapy, a coach, a friend, circle of friends, um, a, a, a support team who checks in with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor, you know, making sure you give yourself the support you need so that you can actually move through uh, the pain and, and come right. through it. But it's the point so I want to... Yeah, oh, and I was say it's so important to know that you're not alone. Yes. You know, everyone suffers. We all have pain. And I exactly. think we also give ourselves pain by the way we talk to ourselves. I think uh, in terms of support, another thing is <laughs> to be kind to yourself when you're actually having your own conversation inside. You know that's the that's the point I wanted to close with is is that while we're while we are um, while we are experiencing pain and and also just the discomfort of making a big change to just be very compassionate with yourself yeah. to be actually to be forgiving of yeah. you know who you are in in all your natural um, beauty and imperfection and to allow yourself to um, you know feel that pain without judging yourself. That's right. That's right, because the minute you judge yourself, then you've added more pain. So true. Yeah, so I'm all for compassion. And I think we need to have compassion while we're changing these habits because, you know, intentional change can sometimes be the hardest because there's not something outside pushing you. It's all inside, right? Right. mm -hmm. So... You know, I just, I, I, I'm always amazed at what people can discover about themselves, which has to do with opening up and then, uh, and at the same time, I think so many people get so far away from the, the who that has been there all, all this time for them, and they forget about it. They forget what they love. They forget what used to bring a smile to their face. And, and we need to build the resilience to be able to have that be part of our lives. Even when we're undergoing big change. Especially when we're undergoing big change. Yes, especially. Well, Chris, I want to say thank you for being on the show today. You know, we're winding down our show, and I really wanted you to be one of our final guests. Um, Thank you for the wisdom and perspective that you've offered today. Thank you. I hope it's been helpful. It's always a pleasure, Kate. Thanks so much. Fantastic. Thank you. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. 
Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.